a thousand planets and spreading out. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. May the force be with you. Who is that masked man? Avengers, assemble! Good afternoon and welcome to the Fantastic Forum. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. As always, we'll begin the show with some genre-related news. NASA's new era of space exploration officially began earlier this week with the launch of the Space Launch System, SLS, rocket on November 16th. The SLS is topped by an Orion crew capsule space vehicle, which is making an uncrewed flight to the moon on the Artemis I mission. This shakedown mission is NASA's first flight of a crew-capable moonship in nearly 50 years. And it serves as the proving ground for SLS and Orion to determine if they are ready to return astronauts to the lunar surface by 2025 under NASA's Artemis program. The SLS rocket's upper stage reached orbit eight minutes after liftoff, and the Orion spacecraft deployed its four solar arrays from its service module. The SLS upper stage fired its single engine to raise its orbit just under an hour after launch, and then fired again 98 minutes after liftoff to put Orion on course for the moon. Orion should reach the moon around November 22nd, when it will approach within 60 miles during a flyby toward its final orbit. That path, called a distant retrograde orbit, will take Orion on a long looping route that extends 40,000 miles beyond the moon at its farthest point, setting a new distance record for a crew-capable ship. Orion hits that milestone around day 10 and will spend two weeks in orbit before preparing for the trip home. The spacecraft will return to Earth on December 11th with a splashdown in the Pacific Ocean off the coast of California. Agency officials have said that from a performance standpoint, the spacecraft is exceeding expectations. You can follow along with the mission in real time via the NASA website at nasa.gov backslash specials backslash track Artemis. Earlier this week, Variety reported that Amazon is officially moving forward with multiple live-action shows based on Marvel characters that are controlled by Sony. The first series under the deal will be Silk, The Spider Society. The show is based on characters created by Dan Slott and Humberto Ramos, it follows Cindy Moon, described as a Korean-American woman bitten by the same spider that bit Peter Parker, as she escapes imprisonment and searches for her missing family on her way to becoming the superhero known as Silk. The show is being developed by Angela Kang, along with Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse producers Phil Lord and Christopher Miller. Silk, the Spider Society, will debut domestically on MGM Plus's linear channel, followed by a global launch on Prime Video. It is not yet known which Marvel characters will be featured in the other Amazon shows. Sony currently controls over 900 such characters, 
associated with the Spider-Man franchise. A trailer dropped this week for the animated feature Legion of Superheroes. You can view the trailer on one of the FF social media pages, and while you're there, if you haven't already, follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. We like to be followed and we love to be liked. Legion of Superheroes is coming to 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray Combo Pack, Blu-ray and digital, and digital starting February 7th, 2023 from Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. Millie Gibson has been cast as the new Doctor Who companion. The actress will play a character named Ruby Sunday. Her first episode, opposite QT Gatwa's 15th Doctor, will be broadcast during what the BBC describes as the 2023 festive period. Gibson said she was in disbelief about being cast in the long-running sci-fi drama, saying, It is a gift of a role and a dream come true. I am beyond honored to be cast as the Doctor's companion. I will do everything to try to fill the boots the fellow companions have traveled in before me. It was announced last month that the BBC had made a deal with Disney for the long-running drama. Outside the UK and Ireland, new episodes will be streamed on Disney+. Black Panther Wakanda Forever is projected to repeat as number one movie at this weekend's domestic box office. The film brought in an additional $17.9 million on its second Friday, down 79% from its opening day figure. The film earned $181 million in its first weekend, which is the second biggest opening of 2022 behind Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. We'll get to the discussion immediately following the official spoiler-free FF review of the movie. Ulysses Campbell for Fantastic Forum. Black Panther was the movie phenomena of 2018. It helped Marvel Studios dominate the domestic box office. It became a cultural sensation and had a profound impact on the African-American community, which supported it like no superhero film before. And it was like no other Marvel movie, as it featured not only a predominantly black cast, but also blacks behind the camera. Its star, Chadwick Boseman, was an up-and-coming talent who had thrilled audiences in biopics of Jackie Robinson, James Brown, and Thurgood Marshall. His portrayal of the comic book character who was an African king, statesman, and scientific genius inspired and was embraced by every segment of the black community, which took great pride in supporting the film. Borrowing from the works of such talented comics creators as Don McGregor and Christopher Priest, director Ryan Coogler crafted what can be described without hyperbole as a masterpiece of filmmaking. Then, in August of 2020, Chadwick Boseman died from colon cancer. Diagnosed in 2016, the actor had kept his condition secret to all but a tight-knit inner circle of family and friends. His tragic and untimely passing was a devastating blow to his colleagues and fans. Black Panther Wakanda Forever 
is born out of that grief. The film is a testament to Bozeman's life and extraordinary career, particularly his role as T'Challa, the Black Panther. T'Challa, Black Panther and King of Wakanda, is stricken with the mysterious illness which even the scientific genius of his sister Shuri is unable to cure. The nation of Wakanda mourns their lost king. T'Challa's death leaves a void for the Wakandans, and in the wake of his passing, they become targets for other states that covet their natural resource of vibranium and are emboldened knowing there is no longer a Black Panther protector. Circumstances draw Wakanda into conflict with a previously unknown and powerful country led by its own warrior king. Can Wakanda find a path through their grief and pain in time to defend itself against this new threat? Wakanda Forever is, for the most part, a well-made movie. In their grief, the filmmakers have sought catharsis through the production of this picture. I've been a proponent for recasting the lead role, but having seen Wakanda Forever, I understand that was never an option for Ryan Coogler in the cast. The impact of Chadwick Boseman's death was too profound for them to attempt anything other than a tribute. And Wakanda Forever is likely better than the sequel planned before Boseman's illness surfaced. The film is about grief and the process of grieving. It presents the various stages of grief and addresses their impact on the characters in tangible and believable ways. It also makes some interesting statements about colonialism and colonization, although these are ultimately secondary. The cast is excellent. Reprising their roles from Black Panther are Letitia Wright, Angela Bassett, Denai Guerrero, Lupita Nyong'o, Winston Duke, Florence Kasumba, and Martin Freeman. Joining the cast are Tina Huerta, Dominique Thorne, Mabel Cadena, Michaela Cole, and Alex Livinali. Letitia Wright steps up as star in her role as Shuri. Her grief and anger are at the center of this picture. Angela Bassett's role also expanded. And Dominique Thorne stood out for me. The young actress has just completed work on the Disney Plus original series, Ironheart, where audiences will see more of her Riri Williams character. I don't know of another Hollywood picture in which so many great African-American actresses get the opportunity to shine. And Tena Huerta does a great turn as one of Marvel's earliest characters from the golden age of comics, Namor the Submariner. I think audiences will respond positively to Wakanda Forever. Marvel movies have seen certain performers inexorably associated with the characters they portray. I think this is especially the case with Chadwick Boseman. And, given the sensation Black Panther generated in the African-American community, there are a great many who need the healing this film will provide. It is a wonderful tribute to Boseman. Kugler and co-writer Joe Robert Cole have crafted a story that will tie up some loose ends and that the audience will find satisfying and entertaining. Even contrarians will appreciate the commitment to honoring Bozeman while advancing a taut and exciting MCU tale. And there is plenty of fan service that die-hard comics readers will recognize that is sure to satiate them too. As with Black Panther, there is a movie soundtrack. Featured artists include Rihanna, Burna Boy, Thames, and Fireboy DML, among others. Ludwig Gordonson returns for the movie score. 
Be prepared, as this isn't a short movie. Black Panther Wakanda Forever runs a hefty two hours and 41 minutes. While it didn't feel overly long to me, it could have been edited down without a loss of any essential elements. Although there are lots of characters and lots happening to occupy the audience, so you won't be checking the time, you'll probably be aware of it, though. It's rated PG-13 for action, adventure, drama, fantasy, sci-fi, thriller. I wouldn't take children younger than about 11 or 12. Like most Marvel movies, Wakanda Forever isn't too violent and has no nudity, sex, and there's minimal questionable language. Be sure to hang around for the mid-credits scene. All in all, a film driven by grief that provides a welcome catharsis and offering a bit more substance than other MCU movies. Three stars out of four. Ulysses Campbell for Fantastic Four. And there you have it, the official FF review of Black Panther Wakanda Forever, which opened in theaters last weekend. So, joining me today are Roberto Ortiz and Drew Bittner. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Hello. Glad to be here. Well, as always, I am so happy to have you guys and... Uh, well, you know, it's like, Roberto, it's like I was telling you uh, before Drew arrived while we were waiting to go on. I think that both of you are uniquely qualified to talk about any number of subjects oh, wow. uh, connected with genre and, as it happens, with actual science. And one of the cool sciencey things that we have seen this week is the launch of the Artemis One. Yes. You know, mankind's return to space. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's it's one of the pleasures of doing a show like this because we can talk about crazy sci-fi, comic, horror stuff. We can talk about actual science yeah. like this, yeah. which is of obvious interest to everybody who is fascinated by the genre. Same yeah. sort of way that the Apollo 11 landing mesmerized the world and transfixed the attention during July of 1969, you know, and united people. Yeah. Uh, my hope is uh, that this fractured globe of ours uh, might be able to use a little bit of uniting, uh, like One hopefully will we will see. One yeah. Will yeah. That, yeah. yeah. I, I heard stories all the time about astronauts, basically, when, especially when they're on a space station, feeling like the concept of... Um, States, basically, it's like uh, the movie 2010, which is one of my favorite sci-fi movies ever. Really, 2010. I, I adore mm. that film. I will hmm. die on that hill. Roy Scheider. It's, it's, no, it's far, far it's, more accessible than its predecessor. And hmm. it's, but the thing is that it's very political. It's it's a straight sci-fi tale. And it's funny because people were saying 10 years ago, "Oh, that's dated." The whole idea of us being at war with the Russians. How about a ridiculous thing? To <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're always at war with the Russians. <laughs> We are always at war with the Russians. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whether they're the Russians or whether they're the Soviets or yeah. you know, whatever. It, it, in the heck, it, it doesn't know. matter. I mean, you know, whether we're shooting or just, you know, yeah. complaining at each other in the UN, we're always at war with those guys. But the funny thing <laughs> is that the movie basically makes a point that the astronauts, the world was about to go to hell. And the astronauts basically were talking to each other saying, that's their problem. Yes. We have our own problems here. And they, the whole comes of humanity in space saying, we're separate. We're humans in space and in space and actually the whole joke of you know that 
once we start establishing colonies, eventually you're going to want to be independent from Earth. I can see it happening. Because well, we are several generations away from that. Yes. But yes. Unless yes. Elon Musk has his way. Yes. <laughs> well, if Elon Musk has his way, we'll never get into space. <laughs> <laughs> but I digress. Hey, y you know, you know, in addition to uh, these goals, uh, you know, I mean, because the standard goal, the, the main objective yeah. is to get humans back to the moon yes. and after all this time. But apparently, there are a bunch of other stuff that Artemis is looking to do, especially with this particular mission. There are a bunch of science experiments yep. that are on board, um, and they've had mixed results in terms of deploying some of these, I understand. But uh, the missions vary widely. Some are supposed to orbit the moon to seek out traces of water, ice, uh, stuff like, while others Makes are going to yeah, test exploration technologies. One called the NEA Scout will use a solar sail to visit a tiny asteroid. That cool? Mm. Yeah, I mean, so this is, uh, you know, it, it's got some stuff. Also, on board is the, uh, there's a mannequin inside the crew capsule. Yes. Uh, command, they call him Commander Campos. He's the only one. He's, <laughs> yes, well, and he's a... He's not he, alone. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, he, and he's not simply a mannequin. He's a moonikin. <laughs> yeah. And he's wearing a new bright orange launch and entry suit that NASA has designed for future astronauts. Cool. There are also two limbless mannequins named, well, nicknamed Helga and Zohar. And they're going to, yeah, hey, what can I tell you? You can't make Diversity this stuff in up. Space. Yeah, you know, they're, they're going to test a vest called the Astrorad that's designed to protect astronauts from the harmful radiation of deep space. Well, their wow. chest and head anyway. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I guess they didn't need but so much, you know, to, to test it. And other experiments, such as NASA's biological experiment number one, is going to grow yeast, fungi, and uh, other stuff inside Orion to see how the deep space environment affects genes and DNA. I mean, wow. this is a multi It's as a precursor mission. to brewing beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I would certainly buy beer that was brewed in outer space. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's got a higher alcohol content, let me tell you, fellas. Moon ale. <laughs> yeah, also, you know? <laughs> there's uh, Snoopy inside the... Oh, yes. The, uh, yes. Yeah, uh, well, what? The, 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 the plush toy. There's a plush got, toy yes. from Snoopy, mm -hmm. and there's a Sean the Cheap also, representing the European is, space. Is segment. Apple sponsoring this mission? <laughs> <laughs> but, but the weird thing is basically is that how cool it is basically to think that we are actually... The thing is, this also has to do with people from our generation mm -hmm. because uh, boomers and Gen X, we basically came a little bit too late to see the glory of Apollo and we eh, not really oh, yeah, not well really. It, it, it drew <laughs> you forget he's a little younger than we were oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean yeah. I was glued to the TV it, along yeah. with everybody else in my family I mean I was just a kid my mom I wasn't me, a six but, my you mom know. woke me up when mm. Armstrong was like radioing back from the moon so wow. mm. yeah so I, I was listening to the TV I was in diapers that, so <laughs> well exactly you know um, so you were me during the JFK assassination there <laughs> it's you like I, I was here but had no clue, you know? Yeah, see, I, I knew about Apollo 11. That was like, we're landing on the moon. For mm. me, it was the space truck, the special that was the one that I was uh, quite aware of. That, mm -hmm. was, your, that was your ship, your yeah, generation that was ship. It. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of weird that we went from, wait, we are, we're basically going to the moon. Now we have this huge 
heavy loft, heavy launch vehicle that's gonna send stuff to the moon, and then nothing for a while after. Well, they, I mean, uh, I mean, I, I get the whole fascination with let's put a base on the moon. I mean, we all saw Space 1999. We all know it's that been, didn't yeah. end well uh, you know, for nobody. It, it did. <laughs> that, that, okay, so that, there's there's one. Well, it story started. That, it started yeah. with UFO. Wait, but, uh, Drew, hold that thought one second. You're listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM and streaming via WERA.FM. We are your community radio station. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Roberto Ortiz and Drew Bittner. And Drew is just getting ready to continue a point. I was going to say, um, and even before that, 2001, Tycho, yeah. Tycho Base. And oddly enough, Moonbase Alpha and Tycho Base are in the same crater on the moon. Well, it makes sense, How obviously, you know to locate. Uh, oh, Drew knows because stuff. I know many things. <laughs> and, and, if I, and if I don't know it, I will just pretend like I do, and you will never know the difference. That's, that's why I'm a good guest, Yuli. That's because I can make, I can make it sound very plausible. So, well, see, now but, that you've said that, I've got to wonder, were Moonbase Alpha and Tycho Base actually located can, in the you same can look place? It up. I certain Now that I know I have to, I certainly shall. You know, I, I We're going to fact check but, this but, mug. But, you know? but, the, but, the, but the bigger point is that, you know, as much much as there's this romantic attachment to the idea of establishing a moon base and so on and so forth, um, a lot of space scientists are convinced that that is really not where our best investment would be, that our best, our better investment would be building more infrastructure in orbit, either in orbit of the Earth or the moon, exploiting the moon for resources, but then building out and going deeper. But there's an argument specifically that you... Um I think they're thinking of using the moon as a test space, specifically for things like... Uh, low gravity, he habitation. Lo yeah, low gravity, habitation, mining, specifically for helium-3, mm. uh, especially if, if fusion actually works. Uh, they and can it has resources. Yeah. It, it has stuff that we can exploit. It's like a lot of light metals yeah. and things mm. like that. Mm -hmm. but water, specifically but in the poles. But we're not, we're not likely to see gigantic cities no. situated on the moon occupied by people going about their day doing business deals well not today stocks. i mean it, it, it's it's not practical today yeah. you know and even uh, establishing a base on the moon because i i think that whole idea behind infrastructure and orbit you can stage a mission to mars say yeah more i mean you could do it from the moon but just because of the moon's orbit i, ga I gotta believe it's easier to stage something like that for more. Yeah, but one thing that you have to understand is basically is that the we're basically in a stage of uh, construction. That remember back in the day when building a building used to take what a whole year. Now basically we can build a building in half the time. You can practically 3D print a building. That's so where I'm heading. You can. Mm -hmm. Actually, Virginia. And it's been done. And mm. they've done it. Virginia basically mm -hmm. is a pioneer of that. There's actually a big development being made with 3D printing houses. And they, what they're not telling you, which is a big deal, is that with this technology, they'll be able to do houses, complete houses, in less than a few weeks. Why am I saying this? Because in the moon, one of the technologies that basically... NASA wants to implement is the ability to basically take this industrial scale 3D printers, use the materials of the moon, and be able to start 3D printing habit habitats. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's a lot more economical than trying to bring what you need to the moon to be able to do that, yeah. which is key. I mean, you know, that the whole idea behind colonization 
on the moon or Mars or wh wherever you're talking about is you want to be able, you want the colony to be self-sustaining yeah. and not have to rely on you know supplies from the oh. mother the mother planet. And I, I think that's what's going to happen with yeah. like if we if we colonize beyond the solar system or even deep in the solar system, it's likely to be that we will send out ships that 3D print the technology that we need for infrastructure, and then 3D print the people that are going to be living there. So, and, not, mm, and not only that, there's know. talk specifically that the debris cloud that is around planet Earth, that one thing they can do, which would be smart, is that instead of treating it as a negative, treating it as a positive, that basically we can mine that debris field and use those materials for orbital habitats and materials to use for exploration in space. Well, it's not mm. doing much up there, so... Why so, not? yeah, in other words, use, um, create machines that basically can take those things apart and use the raw materials for something else mm -hmm. and have mm -hmm. that in orbit. And uh, I have a feeling specifically that, you know how um, when you're doing something mass produced, it has like a curve that usually starts low and then all of a sudden Accelerate. Yeah, well, as, as production accelerates, well, sure. becomes more efficient. The same thing is going to be happening now with this iteration of space travel because there's so many players in it. We, again, are in competition with a major country, which is China, who has no regard whatsoever in terms of safety. So they're basically mm -hmm. just throwing stuff out there as quickly as possible. <laughs> you know, that, uh, that, that cuts both ways, though. I mean, no, 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 it does because it's all fun and games. Up until Somebody something goes up. wrong. Exactly. Thank you. And and this was we had a similar conversation yeah. talking about billionaires in space uh, you know, yeah. and their <laughs> ability to adapt to an emergency situation. That's why NASA, if, the, if something goes wrong with the Artemis program, I see NASA being able more successfully to adapt because of the past and say, okay, this happened. Okay, well, this will will basically take in some consideration in the future. But if uh, private industry like SpaceX, basically, if uh, if a rocket goes up and Elon Musk happens to win and blows up into Kingdom Come with him and in it, their stock goes down, and it could obliterate the company. So mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. Well, this, this is why major companies do not invest in high risk research and development. Mm -hmm. You know, the go the government does that. Yeah, so. so it's but it's fascinating because we're again in a in an inflection point of history where things are changing very quickly and I'm wondering... We have one of those every 10 days. Yeah, <laughs> but in terms of space exploration, I have not seen stuff like this. See, again... Well, I we wasn't haven't seen stuff like this ever, really. Yeah. I mean, you know, because mm -hmm. even back then, you know, in terms of the Apollo program, I mean, that was comparatively based on the technology yeah. that was available. Which is insane. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, do you realize... The Apollo mission, the, the computers they used were barely more advanced My than a calculator. Phone. Exactly. It's more it's, powerful yeah, than you. all the computers thank that you. we're using. Thank you. They, there you go. That's what I was saying. So the technology that's available, it's like what happened in the 60s was the Stone Age. Compared to it tells you that the people who were the astronauts were, had, pardon my French, I hope I can say this in the air, balls made out of steel. Yes, yes, Be wait, wait, but hold that thought because... Well, I was going to say that it's mm. not it's not just the computer. I mean, the computer the computer te technology is an example that everyone cites, but it's also the metallurgy. Yeah. It's the control technology. It is the awareness of telemetry that we have, the satellite coverage. 
linking us to space, to near space and mid- yeah. medium space is so much better. It's in every respect, the infrastructure for going to space is a thousand times better than what the, the Apollo astronauts had. And yeah, they were, they were brave guys to jump in basically a, a, a gigantic bomb. A bomb with one way out. <laughs> and that was it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. so, but, but the thing is that the fact that we haven't gone back is more testament to a failure of imagination and will on the part of our country than the technology and the expertise not being there. That's yeah. why I like that show for all mankind because the whole oh, I love that show. The, I, I, <laughs> I like the idea show. specifically that this kind of progress basically also ties in in terms of the progress of society and how basically our inf- whole society would be 20 years more advanced than if we had not stopped right when we did. Uh, in terms of the space program. Well, you have to ask yourself, why did we stop? Be Good question. And Why did we stop? Why did we stop going? Why did we stop pushing the boundaries of our technology in going into space? Why did we, why did we stop? Why did we stop with Skylab? Why was Skylab our last real attempt to build a space station, you know, on our own? And why did we go to the ISS? And what has the ISS really given us? And why did we lose? Why did we decide not to pursue technology that would let us get to and from this station that we are cooperating in building? You know, there, there's a lot to unpack <laughs> with what you have laid out there. <laughs> there is a lot to unpack with that. I mean, you know, the the quick and dirty on that, and it's just my knee jerk. Um, it, it, okay, because there is. <laughs> Exploration and establishing a permanent presence in space, which, of course, Skylab and the International Space Station represent. But there wasn't a total abandonment of this on the part of the United States. You sure Instead, yeah, well, think about what happened. I mean, you know, we started developing the space shuttle. And Actually, then, the space shuttle comes from the 60s. Well, yeah, but, but we built it after Skylab. Yeah. You know, so, but, but here's where I'm going with this. Because then we had accidents involving the space shuttle. Yeah. And so yeah. all of a sudden we're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. But the first we can't have people die. Well, yes, but it, it, we're talking about apples and oranges. Anyway, look, look, look. <laughs> that musical cue means that it's time for us to take a short break. Because, of course, Fantastic Forum comes to you via WERA 96.7 FM. We're a community radio station. We rely on the ongoing generosity of our underwriters, sponsors, and, yes, you, our listeners, for the totality of the operation of the space station. The space station? The radio station. (laughs) Boy, Freudian slip there. So, look, what I would like you to do, especially since it's very close to the end of the year, uh, take a moment to visit the website at WERA.FM or that of our parent organization, Arlington Independent Media, at ArlingtonMedia.org. Find out how you can make your tax-deductible gift in support of this wonderful institution that is community media today. And if you do it soon enough, you'll be able to take the deduction on your taxes next year when you file. So think about that. Anyway, look, we're going to step aside for a moment, but we'll be back right after these messages. And Drew and Roberto have a lot more to say, as do I. We're really opinionated. sure you figured that out. Stay tuned.
And welcome back to the Fantastic Forum here on WERA 96.7 FM and streaming via WERA.FM. Radio Arlington, I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Drew Bittner and Roberto Ortiz. And when we took the break, we were talking a little bit about the launch earlier this week of Artemis One, which is NASA's return to space exploration. The Artemis One uh, rocket with the, uh, it's actually the, it's not the Artemis One rocket, sorry, it's the um, uh, the SLS rocket. And it's the most powerful rocket that we've ever built. I was uh, looking at some, I mean, it's even more powerful than the Saturn V that took the Apollo uh, ships to the moon. A little bit smaller, but got a lot more kick to it, apparently. Mm. And that's been fascinating uh, also. But uh, it's got the Orion launch vehicle, and uh, that is the spacecraft that is actually going to perform the lunar orbit. And it's a very exciting time uh, for NASA, and uh, everybody is really excited about the whole deal. So anyway, we've been talking a little bit about that, and sort of uh, extrapolating on that and talking about the history of the space program, uh, the future, potential future of the space program. And um, I I had actually wanted to go in a different direction uh, here in the second half of the show, but Drew posed a very interesting question which begs to be addressed just before we took the break, which was, why? Why did the United States stop going into space. And I had the benefit of sitting here listening to Drew and Roberto (laughs) talk a little bit about that during the break, but you did not. So before we move on, I would very much like to give uh, Drew and Roberto the opportunity to provide some insight into that very interesting question. Well, okay. Um, In in brief, my take is that uh, we had beaten the Russians to the moon. Yep. And they were no longer competing with us. Nope. And as a result, we since we had won, we were willing to rest on our loyal on our laurels. And not only that, but after we'd gone to the moon a few times, we realized it was about as exciting as a drive through the Mojave Desert. And the value of the science we were likely to get from packing up a bunch more moon rocks was minimal. So, you know, we retooled and we thought about like, well, let's build a truck that goes to space. And, and can be reused. And can be reused, mm-hmm. rather than these single-shot you know, technology we had been using. So, you know, it, it changed, but the problem is it still scaled back tremendously, and Roberto had... Uh, well, I blame Richard Nixon, specifically in terms of what happened with the space program. Um, also, another thing I blame is the fact that uh, Vietnam, the Vietnam War, by the time we went to the moon, have been going on for about what, on and off, like about 10 years already. Mm. And it was an insane drain on the American budget uh, in terms of what it was doing to the American economy. And people forget, not you guys because you weren't around, uh, how horrible the early 70s were in terms of the U.S. economy. It was bad. Our our economy was in in shambles. Yeah, (laughs) it 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 was a wreck. By the time the 70s actually got here, we were in... 
and horrible shape. Yeah, it's like that's why when people are freaking out now, I'm like, uh, you are kidding, right? No, people mean, people have no perspective. People complain that oh, <laughs> crime is crime is worse now. <laughs> Things are worse now. It's like no. you, you have no idea. <laughs> you're you're a child if oh you believe that because you have God. no perspective. Oh my you know. God! So, my New York looked like something out of Max freaking Max. It's like good. Yeah, I mean, God. These, <laughs> there, there was there was actual bad stuff going on in the God. country for a while. I mean, you know, I lived in Madison, Wisconsin when they blew up the math building. They blew up the math building. <laughs> that was terrorism. Yeah, and I know. that's that's an honest to God act of you know real political violence. Yeah. And we haven't seen stuff like that in. 50 years. It's funny so. how, how generations have this collective sense of amnesia. Well, uh, well I, 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 I want to say we haven't seen stuff like that in 50 years because we have seen it. It's just that it's switched sides. It's now on the other side of the political fence that that stuff's mm, happening. Yeah. You had so. uh, leftist violence. Now you got rightist violence. Yeah. You know, there's just violence. Well, uh, okay. Here, here's my take on this because I think that there are a couple of factors involved. Yeah, well, I just, I, I, you know, if I don't, if I don't put some of this stuff I'm down. I'm sure he went you know. to the internet while we were uh-huh, talking. Uh-huh, yeah, right. Uh, no, so look, <laughs> um, it, it, now, one of the things about the space program, there have always been benefits to the broader society. But I think in terms of practical applications of uh, what we were creating, uh, there were th- th- those tended to not be emphasized in the same way that they had at the beginning of the space program. Also, and Roberto, you had pointed out that yeah, there were accidents during Apollo, but we had some accidents with space shuttle, and you know we yeah. we lo- But the thing is, yes, the accidents on with Apollo that was jacked up. I mean, of course, Apollo one. I'm thinking of the fire on the pad. Yeah. Now here's the thing. Two things about that. One. We only lost three men. Now, you don't want to lose any men. That's the objective. Yeah. But we lost three. Um, they were on the launch pad. With Challenger, as I recall, we lost seven. Yeah. And they were actually mid-mission. You know, yeah. It's one thing if you mess up and, oh, we didn't even get the launch done. But you're in the mission, and it's like, yeah, oh, everything is cool, and well, you know, we think that we think things are cool. 103 seconds isn't really into the mission. Well, okay. <laughs> no, no, then, I think it's confusing well, Columbia. Yeah, Columbia well, basically yeah, Columbia was coming back. Yes. Challenger. Thank you. Thank you. Challenger, we're talking about, like, yeah, it, was, it was the launch, you know? So, anyway, I, I saw that light specifically, but here's the thing. In the defense of the U.S., the, uh, the Soviets, mm-hmm. uh, in their space program, so... Yeah, some uh-huh. of the people they lost lost. Ho- well, yeah, yeah, but but that, but yeah, but none of that has anything to do no, no, with no, 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 this. I mean, what I was what I was talking. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look, what I was talking specifically about was our space program. Yeah. So the other thing is because accidents was just one thing. The other thing was, and this is the big thing, we lost the interest of the public. Yes, you know where and and the imagination and and where the space program had been a major focus of hell really the imagination of the entire world uh, we <laughs> people like you said or like drew said rather uh, moon going to the moon got to have the same kind of excitement as uh, taking a drive through the mojave desert and it when is- when it loses its novelty and people because uh, hey again you're too young to remember, but everybody was in front of the TV in July of 1969 watching Neil Armstrong step onto the moon. But, you know, come like Apollo 13 and, you know, it, it, well, Apollo 13 didn't actually land. But 
you know, and in fact, that was another thing because you know we kept trying to go back, and it was like, you know, oh yeah, well, you know, <laughs> yes, but uh, there again, it, it it was not, it did not have the same appeal to the general public, and so all these things taken together, I mean, plus all that stuff that you were saying, Drew, about. Other things happening, Vietnam War, the political the, upheaval, the, was, the economy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, sorry, yes. You know, but all of this, it, it, it sort of formed the perfect storm. And again, we didn't totally go away from it, but it's like, oh, let's see if we can share some of the burden with the uh, international community. Uh, but be- and before we go away mm-hmm. from this topic, I just want to add one more thing. There's a big difference between then and now. And here it mm-hmm. is money. There's a lot of money that can be made now. There's uh, a lot of money. And we, again, have the advantage that we have state-sponsored competition, which is basically the Chinese. And the Chinese are super aggressive in terms of what they're doing with the space program. Mm-hmm. Uh, scary aggressive, actually. Um, no regard for safety, by the way. But it's an old Well, story. you said that before. There, there's, yeah. there's likely to be a, like a brand-new space race. And I think that, yeah. that, will, that will spur this us is what's to... Happening. You know, to get motivated. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, honestly, that could be one of the best things for our country right now. Is to yeah. have something for us to focus on that is a goal, that is achievable, that puts us into space, yeah. that gets us off this planet, that gets us into the next phase of what we think is the human adventure. You mm-hmm. know what's going to wake so. people up? Wait until the Chinese land somebody on the moon. Oh, yeah. That's going to basically be like oh, a yeah. nuclear bomb in the American psyche. It's like, what just happened? It'll be it'll be a big shakeup. Yeah. Anyway, well, no, you know, I, I, no, look, I, I, we're we're going to stick with this because uh, you know there's only we we don't have much time left in the show, and the other thing I can save that topic for another show. <laughs> I get a whole other show. Out of you don't that. want to talk Andor, but, really? Yeah. <laughs> well, Andor doesn't end until next week. I know, That's and true. so That's true. you know, I, 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 I yeah. anything that I might want to say about that, I'm like, well, <laughs> there ain't no point. Yeah, but until anyway, next if you're week. not yeah, watching Andor, you're missing the best representation but, of Batman but, that I've seen uh, in my uh, life. Wait, 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 but, but, but but we're not yeah. doing a show next week. <laughs> It's Thanksgiving weekend. I'm doing a show. Oh, <laughs> oh, wow. I'll be doing a show next Saturday. Yes, because I would love to talk about well, that. Well, uh, you know whether or not you guys participate, uh, that is it, entirely it up to your availability. By, it may be by phone. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you're listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM and streaming online at WERA.FM. We what what I can't remember what I was like either. Wait, is it Radio Arlington or We Are Arlington? I can't remember what the hell I did, but Radio, we Arlington, are Radio Arlington. We are Arlington. <laughs> you know all that stuff. I'm Ulysses. I do know I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Drew Bittner and Roberto Ortiz. We've been talking about the United States's return to space exploration with the in successful in a big way, in a big way, in a big way with the successful launch of the Artemis 1 mission. And that's the other thing because we had been trying to launch this thing for like third times the charm, you know? And it's we almost like got it, hit by hurricanes. Two and yeah, well, that's what happens when you have your freaking space center based in Florida and you want to make the launch during this season, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. hey, well, hey, we're lucky because I I, well, I guess what the runner-up was Buffalo, New York. <laughs> we might have been trying to launch in the middle of a freaking lake effect snowstorm, but but no, and I'm just kidding about that. 
you know, other because no, I think Texas would have been like Southern Southern California or, or Texas. Texas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, in Texas, what like rolling blackouts or something? Well, know, God only knows California. They've, they've got their issues. <laughs> yes, earthquakes yes. in California. Don't forget that. Yeah. Well, huh? Earthquakes. Oh Duh. yes, yes, yeah. yeah. Well, and you know, which I I suppose so, could so be part of the reason. So Florida's going to be underwater. Texas won't have energy, and California's yeah. going to fall into the sea. Well, so. <laughs> but but see, there again, and and we've been touting this whole return yeah. and the idea that this could capture the imagination of the well, not only the country but the world, but particularly the country and our our terribly divided nation, but. I worry about maintaining focus because it seems to me that more so than ever before, we have a, well, we got a lot of problems. One of those problems is a lack of focus. And in particular, uh, this this idea of immediate gratification. Yeah. And, uh, you know, space, you're playing the long game. If you're talking mm-hmm. about space, yeah, yeah. you know, there, there is no true immediate gratification to be found. And I, I and quite frankly, in terms of the social dynamics, what derailed the whole space program in the 60s and early 70s, those dynamics still exist. I mean, you know, we're just one a cataclysmic social event away from people turning away from this thing altogether. It's different now. Well, yeah, it's different because there's so many new ways that we can mess this thing up. No, you know? no, no. It's well, different because there's so many competitors, basically, that want this to happen. Uh, let's ignore Russia. It, literally, let's take him, them, them off the board and concentrate right now on China. Xi, specifically, that he is right now obsessed with basically making an argument that the Communist Party is strong and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so done. So he knows that a, a healthy space program it's great for his country right it's great ignore propaganda. the, the yeah. rest of the world think of China to be the second nation to land on the moon imagine yeah. if in the next we're just doing the best first test flights did I mention before that the Chinese don't care I can foresee the Chinese saying screw this no test flights go straight first flight to the moon yeah, well, first flight I, to well, the moon, yeah. establish a base on the moon, first flight to Mars. No, I see. Mean, instead it, of what we're doing, the, no, the, no. the American way yeah. is basically it's doing iterative. Iterative. With yeah. this, this, da, da, da. The Chinese might say. This ah. one, if they're willing to roll the dice and place all their eggs in one basket, then hey, let them. Yeah, what's the worst that you can know? happen? We lose all the astronauts in the mission. But hey, if we do that, we got plenty more. But here's a question mm-hmm. if they lose all the astronauts <laughs> in the mission, will we know about it? Maybe not. Exactly. Uh, well, that's the, that's the whole thing. We wouldn't necessarily know. Yeah. But if they're so. successful, oh, yes. Oh, we'll know about, about that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. no question. But, I mean, we're, we're also looking at what? Aren't India and Brazil also thinking about space programs? India. Or? I would pay more attention to yeah. India because they actually are launching yeah, stuff I think I think space. India is definitely in the in the game yeah. mm, there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't, I don't expect that, like, you know, England and France are going to be fielding space no. teams anytime soon. But you never know. But, actually, <laughs> France does have the Ariane the Arian rocket. They're the, ones, they're the reason why the, we were able to send the, the Space telescopes so well, 
because of France uh, and the, mm. the European States Agency and the contributions. They don't count out the Europeans. They're That's good. awesome. Uh, the Russians, I would count out because their economy is such a incredible well, mess right now. They're, they're, they're imploding, and I don't think that they're going to be, you know, economically healthy for a long time to come. So, nope. so no, I mean, they're not, they're not really an issue here in terms of but space challenges. But the Europeans mm -hmm. don't count them out, don't count out uh, the Chinese, who definitely don't count them yeah. out. And the private space industry. Thank you. That's exactly what I was going to say, because yeah. the private sector being a player now where you were talking about governments in the 70s, you know, and, and uh, again, I'm going to go back to uh, the reference you made, fictional, of course, but for all mankind, yeah. and where you had that uh, one private company that was making a serious gambit, you know, I mean, and hiring NASA people, you know, and... and they have you, an amazing joke about that in the show, where they... Spoiler if you haven't seen the show, but they do get to them to Mars. And they show the people from Russia and America so damn proud because they basically got to Mars and they were celebrating. And then they cut to the private company that got, that got to Mars too. And they're like, yay, we got here. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, but, but, but they, they were, I mean, in order to make it work for them, they had to be first. And they thought they were, I mean, in fact, you know, for those of you who haven't, what, that show is on uh, Apple, yeah. Apple TV, yeah. So, um, I it, have not seen it. Oh, it, let it's me tell you something, Drew, it, yeah. And what, they're three seasons in yeah. now? I mean, but it really is, fantastic show. And, um, I mean, I highly recommend it if you have Apple, you know, to spend some time at, well, you know, then, you know, you will. That's a whole <laughs> other thing. It's a love letter to the space program. That's, it. That's another issue. It really <laughs> is. But, and, and the whole thing is uh, based on the premise that the Russians beat the United yeah. States to the to the moon. Yes, and you know by law again, you know, oh, we're gonna you know discount safety measures and you know so they be and but it, it, it creates a lot of confusion and second guessing among the American space program because this fictional guy who was the head of the Apollo ten mission apparently could have made the decision to land. You know, that wasn't really what the mission was about, but evidently he could have made the decision and did not. And, you know, the plan was, oh, Apollo 11, but then, like, <laughs> in June, the Russians went. It's like, oh, you just beat us. And let me say something. I, Roberta, I was confused as all get out watching this thing because it opens I the don't first episode. This. <laughs> well, the first episode opens in Mission Control in NASA. And, you know, it's clear that they're watching somebody who's on the moon, and everybody is just sitting around. There's no activity whatsoever. I'm like, well, there should be a lot more activity if this is mission control. And then you realize that it's the Russians, and they're just spectators. And I was like, oh, my God. You know, because when the flag gets planted, and it's that red flag with the hammer and sickle, and you're like, whoa, wait a minute. Oh, this is one of those alternate history shows. And it, it basically goes from there. And very fascinating. I mean, all these alternate history shows, very fascinating to me, very entertaining. Right. Like so I said, you know, I, I highly recommend it. Point a pin mm. on this, because mm. I am so sure about what I'm about to say. And I've said it before, a couple of times in the show, I'm going to say it again. When the Chinese go and land on the moon, it's going to hit the American psyche like a 2 by 4 you have no concept on how the Americans uh, will react. You know, I, I, no, I, 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 no, the it, only reason I'm skeptical about that is I think 
over time, the, I mean, and don't get me wrong, I mean, yeah, we're, we're full of ourselves, but I, I think the idea of American exceptionalism, I kind of feel like that's not as big a deal as we had made it out to be back in the 60s. There's, I think there's a few ways it could go, and I could definitely see a case being made for, yes, it will be a big deal to a lot of people. But the other thing is, there's there may be this whole sense of, oh, we've been there, we've done that. I you don't know. feel oh, that yeah. way. I actually compare it a little bit towards what happened with Sputnik. Um, because, again, but we're you, not, you guys but were not around, and but uh, neither was I. But the whole concept of basically what Sputnik oh, yeah. did well, to, them, to the psyche Sputnik, of the world. Sputnik did it first. And yeah. the thing is, mm-hmm. we, we were not there first. But, but yeah. we were, but, but we got to the well, moon first. But it's, 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 yeah, but and, and, and you want to go there. I mean, the Russians beat us in a number of different ways. You know, it's like Leonov being the first yeah. astronaut yeah. to actually orbit the Earth. I yeah. mean, we, it, excuse me, the first astronaut into space. Okay, how about John if, Glenn. Yeah. What you know, if I actually mm-hmm. would say that the, the Chinese, if they actually pulled that off, not only would they basically land somebody on, on the moon, they would basically also say, oh, by the way, we basically, this is the first start of our permanent space colony. There you go. Now, now that, now that's th- that would deal. be, yes. I, mean, I, if you're, I you see know. them doing that. And and mm-hmm. I, and here's the thing. It's like. We're not leaving. History, <laughs> the way I see <laughs> it is basically, back. it's like history rhymes. And it doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. Yeah. And I see this, the effect is going to have in terms of the world. It, it all depends on what way. happens. I mean, the, the news is going to shape the response. So uh, hmm. Yes and no, because of the what's happening in 2016, I would have said yes. Now, uh, not yeah. so sure. Never know. Well, it is a question, and uh, of course, only time will tell. I, I think the speculation is absolutely real, because the Chinese... Uh, are ambitious. Yes, they are. Um, they are very efficient. Yes, they are. And if it, 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 the thing about their premiere, I mean, this guy obviously is interested in making a splash. I mean, and yeah. he's he's consolidated his control over the government. Yeah. You know, was just elected. You know, to some new extended term, and uh, the, hey, there is method behind all of this you know so uh, and you know their willingness to make sacrifices you know because like you said as long as it's not him as long as it's not me I wanted to (laughs) sacrifice you thank you die for the country go away thank you all for your sacrifice (laughs) that that is regrettably a lot of chief executives we will will always remember you (laughs) yeah exactly we'll build a nice monument to you and uh, your names will live forever you may not but your names will live forever (laughs) yeah well and the other thing that's cool though i mean you know because the this artemis mission is ongoing yes and uh, you know in fact i'm going to give a shout out to that uh to that website again because if you want to follow along with it you know it's really cool and you can and the website is, uh, where's the website? It's, it's a lot better than that oh, tracking yes. Santa website. Uh, <laughs> yes, nasa.gov backslash specials backslash track Artemis, or you can search it. Anyway, look, so that's our show for today. I'd like to thank my panelists, and you too. Of course, Fantastic Forum is also a television show. You can visit the website at fantasticforum.tv, find complete episodes of the show, 
Also, segments broken out for your convenience. The show re-airs each and every Sunday right here on WERA from 4 to 5 p.m. We're in first run Saturdays. And, of course, thanks to our friends at the Great Geek Refuge, the show is available as a podcast where you on the same platforms where you can find and download all of your favorite podcasts. So keep watching the skies. Oh, sorry, that was a different picture. Uh, we, we, we don't want to be worried about that. But I hope that uh, on the 22nd, uh, you are able to keep track of this mission. And in the meantime, stay warm out there. Take care. Enjoy your Thanksgiving holiday. We'll be back next week with a new episode. Thanks again.